0: for being here, Holy Spirit. You are so here. Fall afresh on us. Working us, you, Lord, Fill us, fill us. Fill us with your Lord. We are so grateful for your blessing. worship And we pray, Lord, your upon all that are gathered, You here. All upon their way. Those that are moving online, we in we your for them as well. worship we you. worship worship you. All you are here,
1: working in this place, I worship you, I worship you. you, hey, we make a miracle walker, promise keeper, light lighten the darkness, my God, that
2: Savior bleed And in my Sovereign Would he An evil That had Sacred head For such A worm
3: As I At the cross
2: Heavenly Father, we give you all praise, honor, and glory to you. Lord, we thank you for the many blessings we have received this past year. Another year over, another just begun. We come to you asking for blessings and comforts for the new year. Lord, we pray that you will give us joy to fill our days, peace to fill our hearts, and love, Christ to fill our lives. We know that you, Pray that they take advantage of the new year as a new beginning to reestablish family ties and show kindness and understanding. Lord, you know the temporary minor problems that we all experience daily, and that's exactly what they are minor problems. They are small annoyances and the big pictures of your plan for us. Help us not to focus. Suffering hardships and are going through dark times, let, let them know the sun will rise and joy will come in the morning. Lord, we ask you to do thee with those who have lost loved ones this past years. The uncertainties of the future and what lies ahead. We have faith that you will be with us and guide us in the right direction. Jeremiah 21, 20, verse 29, 11 states, For I know the plan I have for you, declares the Lord, A plan to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope for the future. It is so easy to get stuck in the past. held back by apprehension and emotional baggage. That happened yesterday, or last year, or years past. Help us to learn from the past, but not to dwell in it, for that is destructive. Lord, we pray for all countries suffering war and conflict. There is so much senseless violence and killing against innocent people, wanting nothing more than to live in peace without authoritarian rule. We pray for the Lord, we ask the blessing upon New Life at Calvary Family, our denomination, for all churches spreading the good news and the gospel of Christ. We thank the covenant partners and friends for providing support to our mission of bringing the world to Christ. Bless us with the strength, knowledge, and wisdom to carry on your work in our community and beyond. Place upon us For our current and previous pastors, keep them motivated to continue to serve the flock. Strengthen them mentally and physically. Keep them strong and well. Lord, we ask that you continue to bless the ministries of our church. We pray for our church, our church body, pastors, deacons, elders, church staff, teachers, our local and state and national politicians. Lord, we thank you in advance. For you would have for you would have not have sacrificed your son on the cross
0: Good to be able to give back to God, isn't it? Alice looking at our purpose statement as we were saying it out loud, and it says, I will do my part my part in faithfully giving my tithes and offerings to the ministry of Jesus Christ alive in the world. Praise God. We ended 2022 very well as a church, amen. Tell your neighbor, good job. Good job. Good job. Many of us have given, sacrificed, given above and beyond. And I, and on behalf of Sessions, say thank you. Thank you for supporting the ministry of Jesus Christ in our world. But we have to be faithful, Amen. man, going into 2023. How many of us already got bills? We already got bills, right? We already got financial situations. We already have gotten some phone calls from some folks that need have a need. But our Lord reminds us is that if we would just put him first, put him first, right? And our tithes and offerings, who will always be blessed abundantly. This Sunday is our very first Sunday of the new year, and it's also our very our deacon's Sunday. And our deacons goes our deacons offering goes to support those that are in need in crisis in our church and our community. I have a. Gracious and holy God, we thank you, Lord, for the many ways that you provided for us in 2022. We thank you, Lord, for our jobs, our pensions, our retirements, our Social Security, Lord, every single way that you made sure that we have. We thank you, Lord, for the different times when we had a need, Lord, and you made sure that need was provided for We thank you, Lord, as we look into 2023, Lord. You already know the challenges we will face, Lord, but we are praising God and you, Lord, for the victory, the victory we already have. We thank you, Lord, for these tithes and offerings today, Lord, and we pray you would bless these tithes and offerings, that you would multiply and amplify, Lord, for the use of your kingdom, your church, your people. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen and amen. For those of you that are joining us online today, we have several easy ways for you to participate in the offering. You can go ahead to nlac.tv and establish your website giving account. For those that like to use Cash App, go ahead and put that dollar sign in, the number 2, NLAC, and your offering comes right to us. If you would prefer to mail in or drop off your offering, our address is 2020 East 79th Street. Ohio, 44103. Again, that address is 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. We again thank you for your offering. Saints, before we go into our special music with Carrie Holland, we want to take a moment to bring up Reverend Joseph Benesi. He has traveled very far, amen, all the way to Liberia, and he has made it home. Praise God praise god come on over reverend benesi we are so glad you made it back and that you're safe and that you're smiling it's good to see you we have missed you reverend benesi is going to take a moment to share with us a testimony about his time away
4: amen i greet you all in jesus name Oh, uh, i just want to say a big thank you to the most high god and i want to encourage you To move mountains. The devil attacked me on my way to Liberia. I have $5,000 to go and start the construction of the church. Do something! I was crying and was crying, crying, crying. The the management of the plane came. They said, well, "Let's go and find out how we can be able to recover this money." And we checked everywhere. We they announced nobody turned the money in. We checked in the uh, in the trash. he is crying like this he is crying not for himself but the project of God so let us do something and they started to raise money to my greatest surprise they were able to raise $2,375 and they also raised uh, 260 euros and turned it over to me our God is a great God And I said, God, this is your handwork. And I went to Liberia. I sent text messages to everybody. I was crying on the phone, please trust me, believe me. This is what happened to me. And see what God did for me. God touched the hearts of people from this church. They donated. And even my wife's mother donated 1,700. And the money I raised to carry on the work, it came up to $7,075. You see what God can do? God is a great God. If you are doing the things of God, just be pure. Give your heart and be sincere with yourself and God will lift you up. Our God is a great God. The devil wanted to frustrate the construction of the church in Liberia, but he's a liar. I am the overcomer. God bless you.
3: Amen. I can hear my Savior calling, I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. He's he's saying, Take up thy cross and follow. In this new year, I'm gonna let Jesus lead me. Where He leads me, I will follow. Where He leads me, I. might get hard sometimes, y'all, but I, I, I'll go with him Friends might get through, but I, I'll go with them, with him
0: go with him. New life at Calvary. Will you go where the Lord tells you to go? Will you follow? Hallelujah. Praise your name. It's good to see everybody. Amen. Happy New Year again. It's so good to see you all. Praise God. Praise God. We do need to also pray for Pastor Antonia today. She came and got everything set up this I said, oh, you need to just take your coat and go right on home. <laughs> so she is home resting, and uh, we'll pray for her today as well. a time as this, and it's amazing. You know, uh, we are in a new sermon series. We finished that Christmas one, and we're right into the next one, right? (laughs) We're going to be getting ready. Tell your neighbor, get ready. We kind of started back in the fall uh, preparing for our building because out of nowhere, what happened in our sanctuary, you all? The roof, the beam went bad on us. You know, we did not know that it was the rain and water and snow getting into the crevices on that 142-year-old roof, but it did, and it damaged a beam, and after that beam was uh, messed up, we had to come out of there and come into our January, right? That was our year of 2022, and we spent the entire year, it has taken us an entire year just to discern the problem, to figure out what the problem is. That's a long time, isn't it? (laughs) Sometimes people will get a little frustrated along the way, like, why why is this taking so long to fix? Well, saints, when you have a ceiling that's just about as as taller than this, when you have a tall ceiling, you can't just get up there and take a quick peek. We had to get lifts and all kinds of special ladders and all kinds of equipment just to get up. only while we were looking at that problem, guess what, y'all? We've had leaks and all kind of issues in other parts of the building. So I stopped calling this just the building. I call it the New Life at Calvary campus. Our entire campus, every single portion of our building, we have reviewed and assessed. We had the Cleveland Restoration Society come out and partner with us. And they sent, oh, probably about 10 people to come out they looked at our roof, they looked at our electrical, they looked at our plumbing, they looked at our floors, they looked at our windows, they looked at the parking lot, they looked at the trees, they looked at the sidewalks around the building, they looked at every single portion of this building. And then they sent us a 44-page report, y'all. It's a nice report, it has pictures and everything. They even found that we had a falcon. Y'all didn't know we got a new life at Calvary falcon. I got a picture of him. So when they went to assess the sanctuary, we have a a bell tower. So they opened the door to the bell tower, and lo and behold, it was a falcon standing there, tall with his big old wings. I mean, this is a tall. He was standing there looking, the man shut the door so fast. showed me the picture, and the, I was, everyone said, did you go and look? I was like, are you kidding? But it did prove my point. I kept telling Hassan, I think we got a bird in the sanctuary. <laughs> Hassan was going there and look for the bird and look for the bird. It turned out he was in the bell tower the whole time. <laughs> but every single portion of our building has been looked at, you all, and assessed. And we have this beautiful report that tells us the great parts of our building trouble spot. I'm one of those kind of people that when I see big numbers, I start panicking. I'm like, I'm like Reverend Benese. I would be crying at the airport. It costs what? Y'all don't know how many times I said that on y'all behalf. I realized because this 2022 was also my first year as lead pastor, right? So I realized that, you know, part of being a pastor is to receive the blow first. I can share it with you all in a nice way <laughs> you know we as the staff and session we get the hard knocks boom 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 then we get up and we're like okay we gotta go explain this to everybody else in a nice way so they don't fall apart with us so the report and you all will see the report soon we have a call session meeting on thursday to discuss the report to discuss our next steps but the report detailed every portion of our building and also gave some y'all see me smiling <laughs> come on now smile with me we're in this together tell your neighbor we are in this
1: together
0: <laughs> So you know I looked at the first number which regarding they also gave us a, an order let me backtrack they give us an order of projects law Which should go first second third things like that order of importance and of course the beam in the sanctuary was the first order of importance so we've got those numbers Y'all see me smiling? (laughs) Because the Lord is faithful, like Reverend Benaci said. (laughs) So those first numbers, would you like to know, or would you like to, you know, hear about that another day? Tell us? Okay. So those first numbers of the sanctuary are about in the $40,000 range, right? That's that's for one thing. It's not the whole room. That's for one little section. $40,000, right? we're going to be talking about that. Carl and Carl, y'all bro, Ruth's husband and John Coates, they've been, man, they have been lifesavers. They have been working with me and us and talking to these contractors. I mean, they are ruthless. Like, how much it costs? What you going to do? What's the parts? Are you subcontracting? Are you doing the work? I love their questions. (laughs) And so they are going, they've been looking and talking to all these. And so when they, we got those numbers and we think we have a company called Absolute Grouping that we think we're going to work with, so we, we've we entered a first step, right? Then we got that 44-page report, y'all. I'm smiling still. Because then I started taking real deep breaths. They was real nice about it. Instead of putting it all on one page, like they would say, okay, the the plumbing costs this much. And the roof cost this much, and the parking lot cost this much, and the, the windows cost that much, and they didn't put it all together. So, of course, we had to take all these numbers and add them up. <laughs> Y'all, <laughs> I'm still smiling. I think we stopped counting. Who was that with the calculator, Ruth? Who was that sitting at the table with me doing the calculator? At the end, I can't even remember. I got delirious. Oh, it was Pastor Antonia. So Pastor Antonia takes her calculator on, you know, these large numbers. So she's like, wait a minute, we got to do this all over again. By the time we finish adding the numbers up, take a deep breath. The Lord will provide. It's about $2.2 million. 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 little faith. (laughs) I want to be the ye of big faith. (laughs) The great thing about this report was that it kept saying, we don't have to do this all at once. We're going to take it a little bit at a time. We're going to do, you know, that ceiling in the sanctuary. Then we're going to work on, you know, the, the, the part in the fellowship hall that needs to be done going to get all the roof done, all the different parts of the roofing area, because even here we got a leak in the gym, too. Our gymuary has a leak. So we're going to do this a little bit at a time. Tell your neighbor, a little bit at a time. But for some reason, God chose us. One of the questions that had been continually asked is, did not nobody else pay attention that we had this hole in the roof many years ago? Well, you see people before us have just done what we do. We try to put a little patch on there, right? Try to make it work. How many of y'all got a car? You know your car, Raggedy. You know it needs some work and you do just enough to keep it going down the road, right? But eventually, you know it's called kicking the can down the road, right? Eventually, there's no more road left. You can't kick it down. Can't expect the next generation to do it. And we are the ones that are chosen to to do the work. Tell your neighbor, it's you, it's us. (laughs) And so, as I, you know, was praying to God because I've been like Reverend Nasie, doing a lot of praying and a lot of crying and still a lot of smiling. I realized that we're not just doing something for now; we're building something eternal. It is because of the people that went. to work with and because of the work that we get to do we will be life-changing for people that come after us somebody a hundred years from now will say i'm so glad that new life at calvary fixed up the building so that now that it's a 242 year old roof we don't have to worry about it it's still up for us we are a historical church tell your neighbor we're a historical church Y'all know this church used to be a predominantly white church, right? Then it went to be an uh, integrated church. And now it's a predominantly black church. And it's been a historically black church. discouraged. We can say, Lord, this is too much work for us. But we can also get excited that God chose us to do the work. He chose us. He chose us. So we're going to be in this sermon series. I said a lot to say that, (laughs) y'all. Called building something eternal. And we're not just building a building. We're building us too, right? us and so i went to the bible and tried to look at who are the builders of the bible who did god choose to build who are some people that you know of that got to build do a building project for the lord nehemiah y'all right on the money today nehemiah who else solomon what did solomon build the temple who else got to be a builder noah what did he build built the ark, right? Did you all, I didn't even think about, sometimes we only think about the people that have found God's favor that got to be builders in the Bible. But there are some people who did some major atrocities in the Bible that got to be a builder, like Cain. What did Cain do? He killed his brother, right? He killed Abel. And after that, he was sent out, right? And the Bible says that he built even the sinners got to be builders there are also women in the Bible that got to be builders it says in the Bible that wise women will build their homes right? even in Nehemiah when it lists all the people that helps with the building project there's a section that says that this man named Shalem had help of his daughters so this is a male and female project it's all of us together you know Nehemiah is probably the most well-known builder of the Bible next to Solomon. And when he received his call to build, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, and this is our prayer you all, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servant, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws, gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people who redeem your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayers of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. Amen. So that was Nehemiah's prayer. His brother had made a visit over to Jerusalem. And when he went to Jerusalem, the brother came back, and here is Nehemiah saying, how was your visit? What's happening over in Jerusalem? Well, guess what? Nehemiah's brother reported, they are not doing well. The city is broken. You see, the city has been demolished by the Babylonians. The city had never recovered. How many of y'all remember Cleveland back in the 60s? Some of (laughs) y'all. Jason, why you got your hand up? (laughs) What year was you born? (laughs) I'm appreciating. Your grandmother is a good storyteller. She probably described it so well that you feel like you was there, right? (laughs) Who can tell me a little bit about Cleveland back in the day? What was it like? Of white people, it was nice apartment buildings. What did the streets look like? Clean streets. Y'all remember everybody? Saturday was like cleanup day, right? Man, oh man, kids hated Saturdays because you wasn't doing nothing fun but cleaning up, and you was gonna clean up the whole street. <laughs> I remember coming outside, and all my friends we'd be side by side cleaning. You'll, You cleaned your yard, I cleaned my yard, everybody cleaned their yard. What about the graffiti? There's no graffiti on the walls, was it? Now, I don't remember this part, but my mom tells me that it was like movie theaters in Cleveland. It was a skating rink in Cleveland, bowling alley, and I'm not talking about on the outskirts, I'm talking about in Cleveland. The kids used to walk The skating rink, they will walk to the movie theater. They will, oh, I forgot the ice cream shop. (laughs) It was swimming pools, drug stores that you can go to. That's where the ice cream was, right, Anna? Delicatessens, the meat market. Cleveland had it going on, didn't it? Schools, the school, oh, yes, the schools were good, right, Rufus? You said the market was on Fifty Fifth and Woodland. The outside market. What did you say, Joseph? Oh, okay. We can't say that out loud. They've taping us, Joseph. It <laughs> was a lot of white people that own businesses. So it was more diverse. It was Italians and Jewish people that lived in the community. I just learned, because one of the parts of the project that we're doing, you all, as we as churches have started trying to work together. So I've been in touch with the pastor of East Mount Zion down by Cleveland Clinic. Been with the church, of Bishop Dixon over here at uh, True Holiness. Did y'all know True Holiness used to be the play, the playhouse? I didn't know that. I was like, what? Y'all knew it. (laughs) But that used to be the playhouse. And so all of us have these historical buildings, right? And Cleveland used to have it going on. And it was a safe place, a safe community. But things change, right? I tried to think about what really impacted our city. The riots the riots hit us hard, but Cleveland still had a little bit going on. I believe like you said it was the drugs. The epidemic of crack cocaine buckled us. And since then we are kind of similar to Jerusalem. We are struggling to have a real city. What'd you say, Susan? The war? Oh yes. We lost a lot of people to wars. We lost a lot of people to jail, but that's part of the crack at the epidemic. A lot, of, a lot of our folks went to jail. A lot of our folks died. What you saying, Dave? Loss of the loss of manufacturing. Loss of the auto industry. A lot of people had those good jobs of Ford and, and Chevrolet and all those good jobs, right? what you say? Oh, yeah, you a uh, republic still. Right. So you all remember this time. Anna, go ahead. Oh, you going way back. <laughs> who all remember the streetcars? Okay, okay, look at y'all. Look, <laughs> look at y'all. <laughs> we have so much history. So much history. And a lot of it is good history just bad history, good history that we got to experience, and so I can imagine those Jeru- those people, Israelites in Jerusalem, they were having a hard time looking at their city be demolished, everything that they had loved was destroyed, and the people that were left were struggling to rebuild it. And Nehemiah's brother goes back to the city, and he sees all the destruction. He comes back and tells his brother, and his brother immediately goes on his knees in prayer. Lord, he confesses the sins. He says, you are a great and awesome God who keeps his covenant. I sometimes think we're not praying enough. We're not praying enough for Cleveland. How can the city that has the most churches, I mean, y'all, its a church on every corner, really. And it's not like that everywhere you go. I remember the first time I went to New York, I was looking for the churches. I was like, wow, where they at? Went to California. I was like, hmm, ain't no row of churches? Ain't no street where it's all churches? No, (laughs) that doesn't exist everywhere. But it exists here in Cleveland. If I, ta- if I ask you where just about any church is, you're going to say, Long 105, right? You're going to say, Up and Down Euclid, some on St. Clair, because we know where the churches are. So how can an area with so many people of the Lord be doing so poor? Why are we struggling? Same with Jerusalem. Those are all people of faith. Why were they struggling? They had experienced God times and yet they were still struggling. Sometimes God will bring us to our knees, amen? Sometimes we have to admit that we are sinners, right? And some of the things that we have been sitting on have consequences. They have real consequences. So why is building important to God? Why does God even care? there is a time to tear down and a time to build we know there are seasons of growth and death there are cycles of life and when we look at the church we can understand that the church truly is us right we are the church the people are the church but guess what the building is important tell your neighbor, the building is important how do we know it's important because God commanded that there will be a temple God commanded that. God commanded the first temple for Solomon to build. He wanted a place where the people would come together to worship. And not only was it a place to come to worship, that temple stood out as a beacon, like there is a God. Look, I'm here. And so tell your neighbor again, the building is important. But Jesus never wants us to get ahead of ourselves. Let's look at the scripture from Matthew 23 that uh, Ruby read for us earlier. In the book of Matthew, let's read together. It says, Woe to you teachers of the laws and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. You see, Jesus was sharing and he was understanding something very important. The grandeur, say grandeur. There is a grandeur about churches. And the beauty of the church building is supposed to reflect. You see, the building is supposed to reflect something. The building is to reflect the faith that's on the inside. Our buildings, our church buildings are supposed to reflect the beauty that's happening. When people would stand outside of the church building, they would say, what's special about that building? I want to go in there. You see, the problem for this church that uh, Jesus was speaking about is that when these people would see the grandeur and the beauty on the outside of the building, when they would come inside the building, they would be met with the bones of the dead and everything was unclean. So they were not reflecting accurately their faith. We have the opposite problem. You see, our building appears to be dead on the outside. Anybody ever heard somebody say, I didn't even think nobody was up in that building. Anybody ever heard somebody say, I thought y'all was closed. We have been here for almost, years. Just new life at Calvary. But even before that, this church has had worship every day, every Sunday, for 142 years. And people still, right now, will say, is it anybody in there? Why do they say that? They don't see us outside, right? It's the front building looks horrible doesn't it we got to admit that y'all it's hard tanya like i don't really think it's that bad tanya like it's not that bad how many of y'all feel like it's not that bad okay how many of y'all feel like it look bad if you look jasmine <laughs> just like it look bad <laughs> it's hard to identify the problems you all It's that dark stone, and it it, it just looks like, you know, it's old. Nothing's wrong with oldness. It it needs some cleaning, but it isn't as attractive as it could be. Has anybody ever seen the pictures of what this building used to look like? What did it used to look like? You going to tell us? This floor used to look red. Wow. What did the outside of the building look like? The playground was Yeah. But what did the brick look like on the outside? Oh. Wait, Carl's Carl saying what? It was a very light, bright sandstone color, right? And it looked clean. It looks so clean. Even in the pictures, the building looked white almost. It looked like white stone. When I saw that picture, I was like, whose church is that? (laughs) That was this church. (laughs) So we have the opposite problem, you all. We appear dead on the outside, but on the inside, we're so alive. Tell your neighbor we're Lord, we have people on fire for the Lord, but right now, people on the outside can't always see that, they can't always see that. So, we want our spiritual temple and our physical temple to shine for God's glory. We are building something eternal. Take a neighbor, we're building something eternal, and we're not just when well, we're building something eternal, that means. In heaven, at the same time, that's amazing. Y'all, y'all, y'all familiar with that scripture that you're storing your treasures in heaven, right? I love that because whenever something happens, you know, if, if I'm in the church and no one's seeing what I'm doing, I'm like, Lord, I'm building my treasure in heaven. No one has to see what I'm doing. And I've heard many of you say those things too. You volunteer for something, you come up like I remember. I still remember when. This person, who I will not name, but he came over and fixed our life. And when he fixed our life, I said, well, you know, should we give you any money? Oh, no. Oh, no. He said, I'm storing up in treasure. And walked on out the building. I couldn't even believe it. I said, oh, wow. Well, praise the Lord. Many are storing treasures in heaven right now. And when we look at our building, we—we we, I told you all about that assessment of our campus we do have a beautiful gift god has given us a beautiful gift tell your neighbor it is a gift what we have is a gift and we can't quite see the beauty of the gift right now because it does need some cleanup it does need some work but we still have been given a gift it has been a functioning church and now that we're in 2023 we can say 143 years amen for 143 years, there has been a Presbyterian Christian Church on this corner. I want y'all to know I had to brag to Bishop Dixon a little bit. I said, "Y'all used to be the playhouse. We ain't never been the playhouse. We have always been the church. <laughs> we have always been the church." That was just my little bragging. <laughs> But it hasn't been easy to be a church in Cleveland, Ohio, has it? It has not been easy. Just like Jerusalem, there have been times of prosperity and growth, and there has been times of decline and death. Way, way back before all of us, did y'all know this used to be millionaires' row? It used to be millionaires' row. But again, we hit hard times. The millionaires left. Sometimes I think, because you know, their they cemeteries are still here. You know, if you go over to Lakeview Cemetery or go around the block, you see those cemeteries. I've been thinking, what would they think if they knew where they was buried at right now? <laughs> They'd be rolling over in their grave. <laughs> but we have gone through a lot. We have gone through the riots, the crack epidemic. We've gone from being a predominantly white church to an integrated church to now a historical black church. And every season, say every season, The people have been asked to build, to build. Some helped build the fellowship hall. Did you all know the chapel, the chapel came over in the middle of the night on a wagon? The chapel right there, the and a half of Sunday school. They put that, they put the building up, put it on a wagon with a horse, and they brought it over here. That was the first part of the building. The fellowship hall used to be the worship space. That was the sanctuary. Some people built that. Then we had the sanctuary. This gym that we're all sitting in right now, our gymuary, was the very first gym in Cleveland built by a church. For the specific purpose of being a church, they wanted to have a basketball ministry for the children in the community. Praise God. You got to see them fresh new floors. Amen. (laughs) But some people came along help build different parts of this church and we don't see those people we don't know those people and now we get to build and restore this church for the future you are a builder for christ say i am a builder for christ we are builders for christ we are builders and if you know i was listening to this man is the online class about nehemiah and he was talking he was teaching about nehemiah and uh, well, he was sharing that Nehemiah had, this book is broken down in three parts, really. It's his call, it's his gathering of people together, and then is doing the work, right? But the call was first. The call was first. And this man said, be absolutely certain of your call because it is more important than your work. And when he said that, I thought about my you remember your call when you were called by God? Do you remember what God called you to do? I was in seminary in Pittsburgh, y'all. That's where I went to seminary at. And when I was in Pittsburgh, they was trying to keep me in Pittsburgh. Man, oh man, y'all. They was like, you got to stay. They was offering me my own church. They didn't have a lot of money, but they was like, you, you can stay here. And I kept telling them, I said, the Lord didn't call me to Pittsburgh. I might have to go to seminary in Pittsburgh, but the Lord called me to Cleveland. I have never been uncertain about where I was supposed to serve at. In Cleveland, Ohio, where I was born at, where I went to school at, where I grew up at. I used to catch the bus on 71st and Euclid. I would walk down the street to Martin Luther King High School. I would sometimes go over, you went to Martin Luther King? All right, it's three of us. (laughs) to hospital at Cleveland Clinic. I remember being the playground over by Wade Oval. This, this area has been my life. And so when the Lord called me, I have always known he called me to serve in Cleveland. But Cleveland isn't an easy place to serve. It's not. You know, I didn't even realize, you know those census records came out, right? Y'all been paying attention to the census news? I'm just a nerd, y'all. I look at the strangest stuff. You you a nerd, too? You went to King? Yeah, that's what the nerds went, right? <laughs> all, all the athletes went to Glenville. Then the upset that couldn't survive. Oh, that was it? <laughs> but we went to the nerdy school. But the census showed that, you know, the population of Ohio has gone down. The population of Cleveland has gone down. But one of the more interesting things that I was looking at was that the the diversity of Cleveland. Who lives in Cleveland? And the black people in Cleveland have actually gone down. Cleveland has about 47% black people. That's not very many, right? We're not even half. So that means the white people, the Asians, and all the rest make up Cleveland wait a second, why, why do we always get the black people always get the bad reputation of Cleveland doing so bad? It's not enough of us here, amen? It's not enough of us here. But Cleveland is a diverse place. It has whites, it has black, it has Arabic, it has all sorts of Asians in this in this space. And God chose us to do ministry here. But when you go outside of this church, and we see the poverty the decline the areas that look abandoned the areas that are filled with drugs and violence and then the pandemic hit right pandemic was not easy on Cleveland. we can see why someone would ask the question why would anyone want to do ministry here it is so easy to want to go into the suburbs and do ministry or to the wealthier areas and do ministry i want you all to know Some of us have had the belief that certain agencies, and since we're being recorded, I won't say their names, but they down the street, the big ones, certain companies have been trying to take our building for years because they want the space, right? They want the land and they know it's valuable. And I didn't believe that until I went to a meeting a few weeks ago. And in the meeting, I'm talking to one of the directors, a higher upper person. And this person is saying to me, well, maybe y'all should consider selling your building. Maybe y'all, the people just can't afford it. And I was thinking, I don't remember telling you about our budget. (laughs) How do you know we can afford it? Because I I didn't tell you anybody in the building was broke. I, I didn't say anything about money. Three different times she tried to convince me to convince you all to give up the building and i was thinking lord new life at calvary folks is smart they knew those people down the street been trying to take our building and now i have confirmation and i told that lady y'all ain't taking our building we ain't going nowhere it has been a church on the corner of east 79th and euclid for 142 years now 143 years and we're here to stay we're not going nowhere now y'all need to give us some money That's Y'all need to give us some money. Stop building parking lots and invest in this building right here. Help us with that new facade on the front that we need. Y'all, people, people be tripping out on me when I go to these meetings. <laughs> but I try to say what I think you all would want me to say as your pastor. We're not going nowhere. We don't care if we have to scrape together every nickel, dime, and quarter. We're going to stay right here and make it work because we're building something eternal. I know, Anna, I know, I know. Ooh, they want to East Mount Zion bed. <laughs> you all, the pastor of East Mount Zion, I almost feel like telling y'all to go on mute because I don't know who's listening on outside. <laughs> they were sharing with me in the meeting that when the pastor of East Mount Zion came, his name is Pastor Brian, they already had a written contract to sell their building to the people who cannot be named right now. They had a contract. All they had to do was have their board sign the contract. That company was about to take over that church. And the pastor came and said, not signing that we're not signing that and I'm so glad he did they were so close to giving up their building so close because people become so discouraged we understand it because we've been in a building like this we know what it's like to have a leaky roof and floors that don't always work and the heat ain't always right and we could want to give up but tell your neighbor we are not giving up We are not giving up, saints. Nehemiah did not give up on Jerusalem. He went back. He took people back, and he went into this city. And think about it, y'all. When you hear the story of Nehemiah, when Nehemiah was going to Jerusalem, he asked for travel papers to keep him safe. He didn't want to go into the city. He didn't want to go in that direction because the road he had to travel was unsafe. How many of y'all sometimes feel unsafe? We come into a city that has been declared one of the most violent places. We're right next to East Cleveland. East Cleveland it still has the reputation of being the most violent city in America. But we trust and believe in a higher God, don't we? <laughs> he has given us our papers. He has given us safe passage. I mean, I think about it during the Christmas concert. Carrie's mom sitting there enjoying her son at the concert. Car is out in the parking lot getting stolen in our church parking lot. How many of us always say, "I can't believe folks robbed the church." They be robbing us all the dang old time, y'all. Reggie and I, we be going around. Ruth, we be going around the building looking at the windows like they tried to get in that one. They tried to get look. They tried to get in the door. It's crazy. But when I watch Carrie's mom. Calm, so beautiful. Her name is Mary, right, Carrie? Mary was so calm. Now I would have been in full panic. I would have been cussing the church. Out, y'all got my car stolen. Y'all need to buy me another one. Y'all know you. Some of y'all would have been with me. <laughs> I wouldn't have been the only one. And Pastor Antonia and I looked at her I was like, You are so calm. You are so graceful. You are so just generous in her spirit. And she said, The Lord has me. Like, All right, ma'am. <laughs> All right, Mary. I see why your name is Mary. Give her a new car. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then they made sure she's had a rental ever since that day. And she has not missed a beat. Tell your neighbor, trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Over the next six weeks, y'all, this is not going to be an easy project. We have what's called the Capital Campaign Committee. That's three C's. Capital, say capital. Campaign Committee. That's a group of people from our church that's working on all the repairs of our entire campus. They going through that report. They figuring out how we're gonna come up with the money. They looking at how the order is gonna go. But they're gonna need you and your help. Say they need me. So when they come to you, don't go like, uh. Don't go like, well, I gotta um <laughs> Don't be looking around like, you talking to me? Yes, they are talking to you. We gonna need everybody on board for this campaign. Everybody. We need our young people on board. We need our nursery on board. We even need our senior citizens on board. There's something for everybody to do. So over these next six weeks, we're getting ready. Tell your neighbor, get ready. We are getting ready for a big capital campaign project and on february the 12th is gonna be campaign sunday campaign sunday y'all gonna be all signed up everybody gonna know what they're doing and who they working with and what you working toward some of y'all gonna be our prayer group amen because we got to be like nehemiah and praying some of y'all gonna be the ones that's actually doing some physical work you know you might have ability to strip up this floor i don't know what your abilities might be but you might have to do some real solid work Some of y'all might just be cooking because we're going to need some food along the way, amen? But whatever the job is, be willing, like Carrie's saying, to follow where he leads us, amen? We can all do this together. It's going to take all of us, say all of us, all of us together to complete this bill. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we thank you, Lord, that you chose us Thank you for choosing us to be your builders here at New Life at Calvary. Lord, help us, Lord, when we feel downcast and discouraged. Help us when we feel uncertain or afraid. And help us, Lord, when we even at times will feel foolish. But, Lord, we want to complete your work. We are building something eternal, both here on, in earth and in heaven. So help us to work together to to hear each other, to know that we're all on one team, and that's your team, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Holy Spirit, for those that are not yet on the team, that they would also get on the team too. And we thank you and we honor you in the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ. We all pray, and all God's people said, amen and amen. Let us all rise as we sing, This I Believe. body and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Saints, this is the table of God for the people of God, and we say thanks be to God. It is amazing that we get to start our first day of 2023 receiving the Lord's holy meal. Isn't that amazing? And so we would invite those of you that are guests with us today to to, um, follow the instructions established by your own church family. But for those of us that are part of New Life at Calvary, if you've been baptized and if you have given your heart to Christ, we invite you to partake in and receive communion. Our Lord tells us not to take communion with a heart that is unworthy. So if we would take a minute to confess our sins and examine our hearts silently. are those who hunger and thirst for what is right, they shall be satisfied. This is also the word of the Lord, all those whom I love, I correct and discipline, therefore shake off your complacency and repent, see I stand knocking at the door, If anyone listens to my voice and opens the door, I will go in and dine. your heart, Holy God, we praise you for your son, Jesus, who shared our weakness and was tempted in every way as we are, who obeyed you by suffering and dying for us. You have raised him to rule the world and have given Jesus a name above every name, Lord and Christ. We praise him and we glorify you, great God, our creator. O God, we give you thanks that you have refreshed us at your table by granting us strength in our faith, increase our love for one another, and send us forth into the world in courage and peace, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us all rise to sing thanks to our Lord. shortest announcements of the year, praise God. We want to say happy birthday. Look at our birthday list. Lots of birthdays this week. Malik Upshaw, that's Pastor Antonia's nephew. I mean, yeah, her nephew. His birthday is today. Our very own Sylvia Field's birthday is on the third, praise God. JaVelle McClain, his birth, that's Betty Love's grandson. His birthday is on the third. Bessie Bryant's in the nursing home. Her birth her birthday is on the 3rd. Elaine Bradford is here today. Praise God. Happy birthday to you Elaine. Diane is here. I thought I thought Diane is here. Happy birthday to you on the 4th. And Henrietta Key wraps up the week on the 5th. I don't think Henrietta's here today, but happy birthday to all of our birthday folks. You all, we do not have anything happening this week with the exception of the call session meeting on on Thursday, January the 5th at 6 o'clock on Zoom. And pray for us, you all. Pray for us to make good, wise, discerning decisions for the church. Uh, And enjoy your week. I pray some of you all get some downtime this week. Um, Look at the announcements because there are a lot of things that's coming up, especially for young people in our bulletin, so please look ahead. On Thursday of this week, you all remember Samantha Gillespie, right? Who is Samantha? Samantha. And Susan Sneed. <laughs> so she is being, is it called installed, Susan? What do you call it when you become a judge? Torn in? Thank you, torn in. She will be the Honorable Samantha Gillespie, amen. So a group of us are going to be traveling to participate in North Carolina. To so Terrence and I are going, Pastor Rick and Pastor Toby are going to support her and some others are going as well to be there and um, this is one occasion where my husband is always special because uh, you know marriages, it it can be complicated with communication I said to him, I need to be back by Sunday, then I can't repeat it, I need to be back by Sunday, we can make it back by Sunday (laughs) this man schedules the trip so that we get back Sunday afternoon y'all (laughs) <laughs> Some kind of way he heard me say, we can come back on Sunday. So you all will not see me next week, but Pastor Antonio will be here, because I'll still be in North Carolina, amen. <laughs> but um, I will be watching you all. The event is on Friday. Now, you know I could have been back on Sunday. <laughs> I told him that. I said, the thing happens on Friday why would you schedule us to come back on Sunday? Well, you know, Terrence, he a man, y'all. He probably got some romantic adventures (laughs) planned that I just don't know about. (laughs) I'm just gonna go where the Lord leads me. (laughs) But praise God. So uh, be prayerful for Samantha. She has a heavy job ahead of her as a judge, and we are so proud of her that she has accomplished this great task. And uh, just be
3: like to uh, thank y'all. This is my uh, second year anniversary. Yeah,
0: you know, it uh, is. <laughs> Two years in, Carrie.
3: Yeah. D- Got to give a shout out to the to the girls in the office. Sylvia, Gail,
0: Sylvia, Ruth. Ruth. And Pastor Kelly. Yeah. And Pastor Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and we be having fun, and, and don't forget your team, the praise team. The praise team. <laughs> Susan and Pirelli, the whole group, you all do so group. well together. And I think, does that mean we've had many least a year. Praise God! Praise God! <laughs> Praise God! Hallelujah! Are there any other announcements that I did that didn't get into the bulletin that you would like to share? All right, then it's time to go home, y'all. I hope you got those. What do you call it, Sylvia? Your your um, greens, your collard greens, and black-eyed peas. Black-eyed peas and some pork. Sylvia said, "Do not eat the chicken." <laughs> That's us all rise for the benediction.
1: <laughs>
0: gracious and holy God, we thank you again for this great and exciting first day of 2023. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bless Pastor Antonia, Lord, bless her body and heal her and help her to recover. And gracious God, as we de- de- prepare to depart from this place, we know, Lord, that we are never departed from your sight we pray holy spirit that you would help us to become your builders help us lord to pray faithfully lord jesus to talk about you to share you with others and fill us with your love your joy your peace your patience your kindness your gentleness and your self-control we want to be found faithful lord jesus and we thank you and we honor you in the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ we pray. And all God's people said amen and amen. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, happy new year. And I'm mighty glad you came to church.
1: Thank you, Lord.